What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me again for another episode. Uh, oh, yeah. Just want to let you guys know, before we head into uh, the reads or anything like that, please check out theplayingonpodcast.com. That epi- episode, that website is... Uh, all constructed by Rusty Glaze over at Constant Pursuit. If you guys are in uh, the market for, he does a lot of field websites. So if you guys are in the market for something like that, um, he is always looking for uh, for some new customers and does an amazing job. And uh, I know he does a, a few other podcast uh, websites, and uh, they're they're amazing. And he's done a great job with, uh, with this one. So check out theplayingonpodcast.com. Also, if you are feeling froggy. Head over to uh, patreon.com slash the playing on podcast if you would like to become a supporter of this particular podcast. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. There's a few different tiers on there, but uh, but all are appreciated. Even if you don't sign up, I appreciate you listening. I really do. Thank you to everybody out there. Um, this episode is brought to you by 10bps.com. It is a rental service for premium to I don't want to say low grade but like lower entry level tournament markers so the premise of the whole thing is to be able to have exposure and give exposure to the the uh, recreational side to all this madness that is the tournament and competitive side of paintball and this kind of gives that leeway without having to fully commit on buying a marker and a whole setup and spending thousands of dollars on something that you're not really sure about yet. And uh, this whole platform allows for that kind of middle ground to happen. Um, it also, I think, would be a great benefit for uh, people who are trying to figure out their next possible marker choice. Uh, this gives them a, a, a small opportunity to kind of dabble into whatever, you know, their kind of Whatever they're thinking about, if they're going to go Geo, if they want to go a die marker, if they want to go uh, Lux, anything like that, the inventory is growing of what the markers and everything, uh, the full setups and all, the, what is available is growing. Uh, there's going to be a um, a plethora of hosts of of hosts for all the markers and all the setups and everything uh, that will be growing and growing and growing as the business grows but right now it is mainly set up in the dallas fort worth area at some local fields around there so that's mainly where it's happening now but as soon as it expands i will let you guys know and you will soon uh, be seeing these hosts and the host markers and everything set up uh, around the united states i think I think it's a great idea. I think it's going to be, it's cool. It's a, it's a great concept and uh, it really gets people into the uh, the deep water that is, you know, our world of tournament ball without completely drowning at first. So I think this is a, this is a great kind of introduction into that, uh, into that world. Again, it is 10, 10, 10, if you went to first grade, 10 uh, bps.com and if you are a listener to the podcast, you can go go ahead and use the promo code TPOP, and you will get uh, your first day rental of certain markers for only fifteen dollars. 
So make sure you guys use that promo code. Check out the website. See what it's all about. And uh, see if, honestly, too, if you'd be interested in, in becoming a host um, and, you know, kind of expanding this whole thing, go ahead and uh, they have ways to communicate on there. So please check them out and, uh, and tell me what you think. We are also brought to you by Midwest Clothing. This is an awesome uh, Midwest-based, if you haven't guessed, uh, clothing brand that has some uh, some really cool and uh, and unique fabs up on their uh, up on their website. I'm going to pull it up right now. But one thing I just noticed that they have cool. They have a mystery bag. It's a hundred dollars, but it's a hundred and seventy-five dollars worth of goods, of gear, of um, could be hats, t-shirts. Uh, could be some headgear in there, but all of the available sizes are from small to 3XL. So that's pretty cool. Also comes in a sweet duffel bag. I like this. It's a sweet tiger stripe. But from that, they have all kinds of stuff, man. They have uh, some accessories. They have casual wear from hats, shirts. Um, they also have a bunch of headgear you guys can check out. They have masks and accessories. They have... Uh, some uh, some regs they have playing apparel they have tech gear they have all kinds of goodies that we all need in one way or another at uh, Midwest Clothing LLC.com so make sure you go over there and uh, and check them out we are also brought to you by Melavio the CBD company that needs to be in your life it's in mine uh, in heavy doses I I truly enjoy the uh, the flower, like I've said before on this podcast multiple times. Um, it's a great anxiety uh, killer for me, which helps me out a lot. Um, helps me sleep along with the uh, the salve. Man, is that a savior for uh, for lower back pain, for knee pain, for hip pain, for just pain in general. Um, it's great. I use it in tandem with like a heat pad, so it just activates even that much more and i mean this this is me telling you as an armchair scientist and i don't even have arms on my little wooden swivel chair that i'm using right now but i'm telling you this is what i'm doing so take whatever i'm saying with a grain of salt uh but i'm just telling you that it works and uh it really really gets me through uh not only work days but the days also where i'm just on the paintball field, throw myself in the ground and, you know, doing the, uh, the front guy stuff on the paintball field. We all know how that goes or just paintball in general. It's a great thing. Check out the salve. And if you use the promo code capital TPOP, you will get 15% off your entire order, whether it be a tincture, a salve, a, uh, a gummy, all the good stuff is on the website. M E L L O V E O.com. And if you're going to be at ICC, they will be there um, with a sweet trailer set up and all the goodies. So make sure you check them out. Um, Melavio.com. And we are lastly brought to you by Charm City Paintball. I have all kinds of goodies that I've had over the years uh, that Mike has made. Uh, particularly one that I have on right now is one he made where it's stitched stars, stitched stripes, onto uh another fabric with it's it's amazing i it's the quality is amazing the the look the wear the fate everything 
uh, that that Mike puts out is really good and constructed very well. Uh, make sure you check out his Facebook along with his Instagram. It is uh, Charm City Paintball on uh, on both, and he just dropped some new uh, some new head wraps. He has a bunch of headbands up now that are available, and uh, he will let you know whether or not they are. Uh, available because I don't know if he puts sold up there or not but he's always pumping stuff out uh, he's always really busy but he's always down for uh, for custom work or suggestions anything like that hit him up on either one of those platforms and uh, yeah get your toes wet in the head game so thank you to all the sponsors of the podcast all right this episode is with Mr. Alex Frazier he is not only famous for one of the main members of Team Dynasty, but he is also a founder of Field One. He is a uh, co-founder of the Hormesis uh, headband. I think they have they have a few different things. I mean, mainly headbands. We all know this now. Uh, the very popular headbands. Um, but he has been super busy with with both i mean it's been it's crazy to see how just everything has has uh kind of taken off as of late with uh with hormesis and coin duel that was the one i forgot that i am mentioning now um but it's it's really cool how he's getting uh him and oliver are both getting everybody back and involved with each other and, and bringing the community community even tighter and really getting everybody back out and playing and a reason to play um, besides it just being one of the most fun things to do ever. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was really cool sitting down and talking to him with him too. And, um, and I'm going to be able to see him and everybody at ICC, which is going to be amazing. So yeah, we had a great chat and I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So yeah, here it is. Here's the podcast episode with Alex Frazier. How are you, man? Good, brother. How are you? Same old soup, dude. Just trying to stay relevant. Same old soup. What's your favorite soup? New England clam chowder. <laughs> of course. Well, is yeah. that a soup or is that is a chowder a soup? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes, a chowder is a soup. Is a gumbo a soup? Uh, gumbo. No, gumbo is like a stew. <laughs> what, what, what's the difference though what, what, what would you the viscosity, say the viscosity yeah, okay you, yeah you have to be an expert in uh, viscosity and, and the way liquid flows to um to rate uh, whether it's a soup or a uh, stew that's where it comes from so what's up man how are you good uh just i saw uh, you were out with your uh, dynasty shocker the other day yes and with my uh the uh, mini max flow that's on there but uh I put some new burst disc in. They weren't the right ones, so they uh, they blew by. Cause I guess the 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 what are the um, the flush looking ones? Who makes the the um, I forget what company makes them, but they make a, a burst disc that like sits flush on your reg. And I thought it was just a really nice, clean look, just like the um, the low profile fill nipples. Plus two, if like depending on where it sat, at least for that one, you can't. That was before you could rotate the reg itself, right? It all just slid right on that dovetail. Uh -huh. um, so, like, whenever you shot left-handed, 
the thing would like stick into you like your wrist like I mean, I'm sure you've gone through markers where the fill nipple was like right in your wrist and just a pain in the ass but you had nothing you can't couldn't do anything about it because of the the um the orientation the dovetail so I just got a low oh, profile like this elbows out oh elbows out yeah that's right but I thought that was on the inside your elbows were on the inside and you gotta you gotta stay tight because you you kind of had this style though when you played where you kind of like you kind of spread your wings a little bit a little bit yeah I liked it though I liked it it works, and I, I looked. I looked back at, um, not to go on a rant like right away, but I was just looking back at footage and everything, and, and your playing style, and it was just cool how it flowed really well. Um, meaning, like, I think, I think you were one of the top guys on the team. Who I mean, you got you got all of you guys had timing, but I feel like you were an underrated person as far as timing goes on the, because Oliver had such that um that personality on the team but i felt like the timing that you had was very underrated in my opinion yeah i mean i pride myself on being kind of like a mid-game game breaker when it's like the game could go either way mm-hmm. and making a move to like ignite the rest of the team uh to be able to you know make a push or at least make something happen in a game um and those are like the moments that i remember most about having great at least great moments for myself um uh and thank you by the way uh and when you know you've got great players like angel ryan bc i mean countless guys that we've had on the team over the years yeah um when when you you know are able to figure out what's holding you up and then and then shoot that guy or make him look another way or something like that you can uh you really give your team an opportunity to to win so yeah. that's uh, that's what I look for if I'm if I'm still alive. Usually I'm not, um, especially these days. But uh, <laughs> but yeah um, yeah man. I mean I I, I really um, and, and like you were saying, you had the shocker out there and and uh, you got the old jerseys and everything and and that nostalgia thing has really come back into my the forefront of of my mind um, during you know COVID and stuff because you know I got to reflect on what. I loved about paintball and started watching those old videos and, you know, found some stuff from 1999 and started thinking about looking at old pictures that Chris Dilt sent me and seeing all those in, a, in at once in a collection really um, is, is, uh, you know, it was my life, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all like, you know, all those years are gone and uh, I'm on the, on the, on the back nine of my career, if you will. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And, and actually I, I, I think about you a lot and, um, actually brought your name up when we you know were so shorthanded with all the injuries and stuff um but uh really yeah man what's your what's your um what's your outlook right now i mean are you just are you just playing for fun sometimes or are you if you had the right opportunity would you get back in it or is there there a number because i know people probably asked you because you know i mean that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing because i mean i know you you've left you still got some left in the tank and you probably you know feel like you left it on the table well, not that I left it on the table. I think I think it was more or less just um, timing in life, like a, a kind of a not not a drift of focus, but maybe just more of a slight shift. Uh, and I, I do feel like I have still a lot to bring to the table that I'm not like f- like retired. Like I feel like I could step back in and kind of like give me a game or two, and it'll like I'm kind of getting drugged by the horse. Maybe I'll be able to like pull myself up the rope and everything, and eventually get on the horse. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, there's, 
I talked to Columbus uh, level for because because that would be one of the most like realist options, right? Because they're only two and a half hours away and everything. Um, but at the same time, like I, I talk myself up and then I'm like, I really got to focus on kind of like, like you said, you're on the back nine and I'm kind of getting towards that too, even though I still feel really good. Um, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that you thought of me though, because I've been, I haven't been playing for like three years and n- nobody really knows like what I've been doing. They do, but I don't, but it hasn't really been too much paintball, but it's, just, it's still crazy how just people kind of. Like, hey man, what are you doing? I'm like, how do you even like think of me? Because I haven't really been out there playing. Well, you're 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 a unique uh, player type, and you have that thing that can't be taught. Like we just Angel has it. Um, this guy we just picked up, Mike Arena, has it. Mm-hmm. It's if you find a guy with that natural aggression and that fu, and you know that that type of guy that you hate when he's on the other team, but you love him when he's on your team, <laughs> and and. Uh, that natural uh, fearless ability, you can take a guy like that and rein him back in and try to find the balance in his uh, uh, playing style. But it's very difficult to take a guy that doesn't have that and then uh, um, try to install or instill that type of mentality in him. Because if you don't have that uh, natural ability to play aggressive, it's very difficult for you to teach that and then tell them to turn it on when they need to. Yeah. Um, and a guy, I mean, you're, I mean, I can, I can, um, you know, is that, is that sound bothering you? Uh, no, that's, um, anyway, that, um, there's very few players that, that have that, right? Like I could probably count, uh, you know, 10 or 15 off the top of my head that, that are guys that go out there and are really unafraid. Um, and, and you're one of those guys. I mean, you were, uh, always first into the fray i mean to your detriment a lot of the time because you'd go in and try to do way too much in the beginning and um and maybe that's you know lack of confidence in your, in your team or just you know not knowing that you can make you can do it you can win the game and you're one of the guys that can win the game for your team in the first like couple of, of uh seconds or minutes um but yeah uh that's that's you know why i always think of guys like that and uh one that's obviously possibly available um but yeah um brian doesn't like you though so well that's not fair though i don't really i'm just kidding (laughs) i love ryan man it's like it's a weird relationship that i feel like i have with you guys uh meaning like uh i i don't i know you like i've known an older brother that's kind of gone to college and been at college forever but I still have like all these memory, like short little memories with them. But I have that kind of that feeling with you guys, which is cool because we shared a very, even though you guys were playing before I have and, and have had a dominant uh, run before I was in the game. It was kind of a weird like vibe because I was, I felt like I really did vibe with you guys when we hung out. Cause I remember hanging out with you when I played for excessive and we just like, we, we just always had a good time. And um, I almost got into a fight in uh, San Diego Um and all you guys, I remember you guys were there and like holding me back from this whole ordeal that was happening. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was fun. It was cool. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, you know, I appreciate that sense of community too. Like there's guys that you're drawn to and, you know, you're a similar age to us and came up in the same kind of vein as we did. Mm-hmm. But for some reason it was always like you were that guy that we were playing against, right? <laughs> like you're always on the rival. And I, I mean, 
you know, we made game plans around stopping you and trying to figure out what, what what's Carl doing, what's Carl doing, and really? you know, we had special. But of course, dude, you know, I mean, you come in half the time you're coming to our side of the field, um, and uh, you know, we would um, have a special code when when you got shot. I forget what it is, but we had like the same thing for Lasoya. I was like, fucking Carl's dead. <laughs> okay, you can breathe. You know. It's it's weird hearing it from the other perspective because I've always thought of myself as just another player who has like maybe a little bit more aggression than the other. Um, oh, I'll be quiet, dude. You're the nastiest man. <laughs> but but and the speed and the, you know it, dude. Don't don't be don't be humble. I but it's 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 hard not to be because I was I wasn't as successful of a player. But that's why you were good though. It's because you knew that you were the best. Dude, I can't say I cannot say that, dude. That's a that's a high. That's a yeah. high. I had a good shot. <laughs> I'll say that. I was a victim of that many times. I just watched a video the other day. I was running. I ran from like a temple to a corner or no, it was temple to a snake. And I, and I think you were in the X on the left side of the X. And, and I remember I shot you. And as soon as I saw like the ball hit, I just saw your head drop and go like this and just go and go back. I, uh, but, um, that's but, the worst when you get done up like that. But when it's by yeah. a good player, you're like, yeah. But that was that was the fun part is like when I was out there and I was playing like you guys and a lot of the guys that I really truly respected, it was fun. Like I was having fun out there. Just like it was didn't feel as serious because I knew that we were all at a very elite level, and I feel like if I took it way too serious, that I would be holding myself back. And when I felt like I could kind of play around and we had that just even playing with the excessive, like we played, we played against each other all the time and we played so much paintball that it just felt, it was just fun. Like, and, at and, that and that's how you played. I mean, you could see it in your style. You played loose and free. Um, and that's a dominant style because you know, you're always playing like you have nothing to lose. Uh, but come Sunday that can mess you up. You need to be able to, to, to rein that back and then just not make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, but my Again, my 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 tough. amazing. My point to that though is it, what makes it tough is that that is what has most of the success. Like during your, that's what you're known for. Not just what you're known for, but what like what you do and how you play. And then when you're told on Sunday that you have to do something completely different than what you've like, what has made you you. And I and that's probably that's probably for me where the line was where I couldn't like real I couldn't cross that line was being as disciplined as I needed to be but and I think I think if I could have figured that out I think I would have been uh, a, a next level player then well, that's the thing that's why I think you were the most effective when you were on excessive and that's because those guys especially rich you know and Micah and guys like that would you know, give you advice on how to play it in, in a certain situation. Mm -hmm. And they could use you as that, you know, that missile and then tell you, okay, you know, it's Sunday morning, first game of the, of the semis. Now uh, we're, we're not going to use you as a missile. We're going to hold you up. Everyone thinks you're running. Just go to this and shoot across and, and, and you know, and play tight, right? Because left to your own devices, if you're making the call, like when you're on shock, like, it was on you, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, Carl, what do you want to do? You know, yeah. and that for a lot of players, including myself, um, they'll struggle if they're making the decision on what they're gonna do every time. 
yeah. and they'll get and they're also they'll also get into a um a, a pattern that becomes redundant. Uh, like like example, like Ryan is a really good player, but when he's making all the game plans and deciding all that stuff, he 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 starts to perform uh not as well as he does if he if you if the coach is just like okay go to Dorito one and play straight ahead, mm. you know go to go to the god and look across like just a directive can really help great players in certain moments that are cerebral type of guys yeah and that's what that's what was tough on aftershock was i i had the leader role but at the same time had to hold myself accountable and and that's that's a that's a tough thing that i don't think very many players i don't want to say get the privilege to have um as a as a weight on your shoulders but at the same time, it was it was like you, you had to. Well, I mean, what else was I going to do? You know, I had to tough it out and try and play it in a way where I had to play that role of veteran on the team and then uh, leader on and off the field. It just I don't want to say that it was like a lot of weight. A lot. It was it was something that was it was hard to manage. Well, yeah, and the team was looking to you to to win games for them, and you felt that, and you were you know I feel like overdoing it a lot. Um, I mean, let's see. That was a great team, though. A lot of great players came out of there, mm-hmm. right? Velez, um, uh, Ronnie Dizon. Dizon, uh, yeah. Templeton. Uh, Drew. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at um, a team picture of that team and, uh, like, Slowiak. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys that have multiple championships now were on were part of that team. Just, you know, they were young kids. Yeah. Uh, and you know who's uh, really good now I like is LJ Parrish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's really coming around. Zach like, Hill, yeah, Zach Hill, yeah. I bet I bet L.J. Parrish will will get really good in the next like three years. Yeah. Um. So watch for him probably. Unless he know. has a kid. Yeah, then... that'll do. It. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, oh yeah, I was I was out at uh, I was out at Capital Edge and um, and their team is DMG Dedication Makes Greatness, mm-hmm. and I said you should change it to DM. P-A-H. Dedication makes problems at home. <laughs> Dude, it's it's a struggle, man. You, everybody talks about the grind and all that. It's like it's not the grind that like doing something fun. It's the grind like when you when you get back and you have to, you know, you have to live your life and make sure that's in order so you can do the things that uh, bring you joy. Not, I mean, sure. not, not saying that the, the home doesn't bring you joy. It's just like. Right. No, I, I had that shift in focus, right? Like I used to be like, okay, paintball, I'm going to this paintball tournament and I've got to give everything I have to focus and prepare and get ready for it. And I'm going to take it seriously all the time and, and all that. Now I'm like paintball vacation, baby. You know, and I'm like, I, I go to paintball and like you said, like work is at home, you know, two kids, you know, keeping the household, you know, helping my wife who does a great job run things and, and, um, you know, I mean, you can relate to all that stuff. And I yeah. mean, let's see, how old are your kids now? Five and two. So five, like the five-year-old, I, I got to imagine that you're thinking, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I got, I have to imagine that you're thinking that you want the five-year-old to see you out there um, on the stage, right? Dude, that was, that was the one of the things before I got, before I, my time was up, I really wanted to have them see me like, do what my childhood was or my my young adulthood was like and yeah. i mean maybe i don't know I, I, we'll see so what i mean what would you do right now if a top level team was like hey carl um 
fly out? I mean, do you have the time? Could you do? Could you make it work? Um, I mean, I, I, I basically just from our, our conversation so far, it sounds like you want to do it. Well, it's just, it's just, it's uh, paintball, bro. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, my wife would have to send you a contract, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's um. I, don't I know, know, man. It's a struggle. It's a, it is. It, it really is. I mean, people have a misconception that pro paintball is this, you know, uh, glamorous thing where people are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's just mm-hmm. not the case. I mean, you've got a handful of guys, elite players that can kind of make a living uh, doing it. Um, yeah. And a lot of those guys don't have kids and and uh, you know responsibilities. Yeah. And um, and the ones that do are also working for paintball companies and hustling every weekend. You know, right to work and, See, and and at the at the cost that you're never home yeah and, and I, that's that's the big thing too it's not that um it, it's more that i'm not home i would say that because it's like you have to think about how much because tem uh drew just had a, a podcast with uh marcelo and tyler and he was yeah, talking about that yeah and, and he was talking about um kind of exactly what we're talking about like uh because they had asked him if if he would think about coming back or it was a question. And um, he said, you know what, when I'm done, I'm done. Uh, but it, it's more just uh, being dedi- choosing your, your, your dedicated uh, choices in life. And for him, it was his family. And it, it's, it's the same thing because it's, you know, when we do the two weekends before the tournaments and then the tournaments themselves, and even on those tournaments now, it like ties into Thursday through Sunday. It just, it's a lot of time that and and weekends and stuff that I'm I'm so used to having with the kids and everything that it would be really tough to just you know say well I'm gonna be gone for the next three weekends and you know miss all these things so and yeah you, you have to be able to relate relate you know because you have two kids and you you're seeing these these people grow up and these moments happen in front of you and everything and um and it's not like it's just a skip across a pond you know it would be like let's say let's say I you know come out. And, and help you guys out you know it's like uh i would be have to fly to california and then fly back try and get a flight back on sunday and then be ready for work on monday and it's like that the one th- that You're that slept, distance is like see, a, and then you don't see your family yeah and everyone's everyone's on edge yeah it's, it is uh it's a thing i'm uh, i mean i'm, I'm going through it too uh, at, yeah. at, uh, in uh you know i mean last year i didn't go to any paintball so that was um yeah it was a thing but uh yeah, man, it's um. But I wouldn't feel like I would be giving you guys what you're, ex- not what you're expecting. But like, I don't feel I don't feel like I would be able to dedicate myself as much as I need to to be able to compete against the guys who've been playing, who didn't take the breaks and who didn't take the quits. Um, not that I feel like I wouldn't get there. I would just I would hate for it to be halfway through the season or like at the last event or yeah, something but, you know the the, the, proof, the proof is in the in the taste of the pudding when when that happens i mean if if uh if oliver showed up tomorrow after not playing for five years i'd be like you're in you right know? but that's a that's a special breed though that you're like okay well, i i put you in that uh I, I personally put you in that um in that group of players that you know make it look easy and you just go in there it's like riding a bike so um, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see you back out there on uh, uh, in in some capacity. Um, are you going to the ICC? I am going to the ICC. Nice. Yeah. Well, I will see you there. And that reminds me, I have a uh, one of the worst welts I ever got right here. 
this uh, bullet hole in my oh, in my chest, God, dude. I feel uh, so bad. Me by you in the woods ball tournament when you bunkered me out of that stick pile and like it was a stalemate, I think. And it was like <laughs> the game was like about to stalemate, like there was no winning for anybody. And you came through and just I think you only shot me once. Yeah, dude, and, I only shot you once. <laughs> yeah, and it was like a shotgun blast. And uh, Ryan was like watching over me in another stick pile, and I just looked over at Ryan. I was like, you know. <laughs> and then I looked down at my shirt, and it was like blood. It was like the like the only time ever since I've been playing paintball, like I actually saw dripping blood. I was oh. like, yeah. So yeah, I uh, I think of you um, every time. I, uh, oh. Every time I take this uh, this shirt off, it's, it's oh, actually almost it's almost in the shape of a C. Um, yeah. That's great, dude. Oh man, yeah, I. Uh... Well, first off, in that game, I had been sitting for way too long, um, yeah. <laughs> way too long, and I, I literally that whole time, I just tried to get as close as I could to the to the closest person in front of me, so I could run them down because everybody everybody was just sticking their barrels out of these like spots in the twigs, and I was getting so frustrated because I was like, this is this isn't fun. Like it, it was a long run. It was it, like it was a pretty long run. Um, and I might have gotten shot like right before, right before I got to you. I took one in the leg, but that doesn't count though. Like when I'm stepping to come get you, so I'm 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 uh, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, like people that get mad at other people for like cheating at, at this point is like, come on, dude. Everyone's just running around like a maniac. It's not personal. Let's just put it right. that way. Well, what what kind of gets on my nerves is the blatant cheating when there really doesn't need to be. It's like it's like that. It's like okay, let's just let's just play. Let's just let's just play. There's no need to like. There's like there's like a courteous way to do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, man. So who, uh, who are, you, who are you playing with out there? Brimstone Smoke. Nice. The uh, yeah. old um, how were the brothers' names? Call brothers. The calls. Yeah, those guys. They're they're they had some great uh, some great moments. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see everybody. Yeah, man, it's um, I had uh, joined up with them last year because they had asked about something. Because I was like through the ICC stuff and some of the ICPLs, uh, I was kind of just like jumping around because I didn't know if I was gonna play or if I wasn't gonna play. So I never really dedicated anybody. So it was just kind of this one-off things. And last year these guys asked me, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll play. I've been playing, you know, practicing here and there, but uh, mostly been using the uh, the EMAC for the most part. Um, were you on Infamous when we played that time? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, you guys shot all of us that game. Uh, yeah, right. No, except nobody went out. We, I remember shooting Ryan. I got in that thing and I shot Ryan Brand and I just saw him like fall over and I was like, "Q one," and then he like checked in alive at the end. I was like, "Fucking guys." Uh, <laughs> was it? Then well, that I think you won, right? You guys won the tournament. I didn't play on that one. I played on um, 2018. I think 2018. I think it was in Chicago. Yeah, it was in Chicago, but I didn't play. When they won, I didn't play with them. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that brings me to another thought about you. Um, you kind of hopped around a lot to different teams. Like, did you ever have, other than Shock, like, who do you consider, like, your guys, like, your boys, um, as far as, like, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know who you keep, keep um, friends with personally, mm-hmm. but... Um, like the team that you feel like that's your team, who would that be? Um, to make a short answer long, I would uh, I would say the guys on 
on Tim and Effect, obviously, we were my friends when I first started coming up and everything, but I think everybody had the same ambition, but nobody really took it as serious as maybe some of us. And then when I got on Excessive, I would say that those were more of my mentors. Than they, I yeah. mean, they're my brothers, right? But there, but there's a there's a difference between a, a um, like a close feeling comrade and a mentor. And also, that was a championship caliber team. Yes, those were guys who've won before, and I was literally like a lump of gooey clay that like needed to be molded. Yeah. And everybody poked me, and they all had their little like different you know thing that they would inject and uh, be like, "Oh man, I just went through puberty for a second. And, um, but, uh, but that was my mentor stage. But I, so I would have to say besides Aftershock would be Avalanche. I felt like, and it, maybe it was because of the same age range. Um, yeah. I like the Adam Geist jersey back there. That yeah. Was, that was yeah. Geezer, um, uh, Brandon Mayo, Danny Childjack, uh, Roger Hen, uh, you know, Andy Horvath, all those guys, we were around the same age. And I think that's what, and around the same kind of area for the most part. So I yeah, think got another, another great group of players that like really um you know i feel like could have made a huge impact if they stuck together yeah we had some good games and that was another team where we had some good games against you guys for sure seven man ah, fucking yep. r.i.p bro r.i.p yeah. like they're they were that <laughs> that to me was like and i'm sure i've already talked about this like on the podcast we did uh before in 2017 already can you believe that's wow. crazy but um like there was there's something look how long these cuffs are on this fucking jersey dude <laughs> my long arms you got to get those baggy sleeves so those, we're talking about the elbows sticking out you know it just disappears <laughs> into the folds i know right well i mean this this wasn't as bad as some of the jerseys i've seen you wear well okay so put you in this jersey okay yeah i can understand how it, you're like a you're like a fucking flag like going down the field <laughs> my blanket um no so were you on Tim in effect with uh, with Tim? I might have played one event maybe with him, but he was a generation before me. Got it. Going on there, yeah. I know, I know that's where you got to start too. And and so was Cody, Cody Smick. Yeah. yeah. He he was um he was a little bit younger than me, but he got on the team before I did, and then was playing with Tim. And then I came in when they started playing X ball, and then when we went pro with the lockout guys. Lockout. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked for uh, for ICC to see all the uh, see all the old faces and and uh, new faces all together and and, and doing the thing. Um, so yeah, if you uh, oh, yeah. you don't have places to go, I would uh, I would uh, you know fill up that gas tank and I'll start heading to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Dude, I will. Well, I'll be there. I'll be playing with Brimstone. But how are you guys doing this whole like open roster like uh, doohickey that you and Moorhead go have going on? Um, so I'm not really sure what the format's going to be. I think it's going to be more of an exhibition thing. So okay. it's just um, we're going to get to draft people from, I guess, all of the teams. Ooh. And it's only 15 people per team. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are, like, disappointed, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but either way, it's kind of like, a, you know, a uh, kind of like a de facto all-star game. Mm -hmm. um, it should just be fun to have, you know, see guys that, um, you know, have never played together or legends of the game. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not really about like building the best team to win mm -hmm. necessarily. It's about, you know, bridging the gap in the community and, you know, like Lasoya can play with Ryan or, you know, like, you know, having that type of 
um, that that type of uh, environment where you've got old and young together playing yeah. against each other. It's just going to be best. Which one's the old? Me. Which one's the young one? Oh, uh, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So what? Uh, so are you picking your roster, and then he's picking his roster? Yeah, so I, I guess he's sending me. Um, he's supposed to send me like a list of people to pick from, or a list of all the rosters, and then I have to go through it kind of like a fantasy draft, and then we'll yeah, we'll, yeah, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha covered. Hold on, let me pick that. That's cool. All right, you're in the queue. I'll play. I'll play the DH. <laughs> I'll be DH. So. Um, how and okay all right this is because i want to get into hormesis i want to get into coin duel i don't know if you heard of them um but uh i want to kind of talk about how this whole thing came about and if you ever thought that it would be what it is maybe what it became you know what i mean um how did the whole company start and uh and kind of what's your what's your take on it so uh, in the middle of last year, probably about actually just about a year ago now, uh, Oliver called me from Bali and I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years, like in any sort of meaningful way, um, mm-hmm. at least on the phone. Like I, I like messaged back and forth with them about certain things that, you know, whatever, but, uh, I thought it was I on Telegram. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Singing Telegram. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, he, um, he sent me a, uh, a message in a bottle and I, uh, yeah, I said, you can't call me on, uh, call me on Skype. So I sent him a pigeon back, you know, um, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, we got to talking and it was, it was his idea. He said he, he, he had this great fabric shop there that he had found in Bali, which made beautifully organic, um, beautiful organic fabrics that were woven in like an old world type of way. And then dyed with these organic dyes that the place like literally goes out in the back and like, they have a big, um, plantation of of different types of plants and like to get indigo they'll chop down or to get blue they'll chop down indigo leaves and then you know smush them all up and boil them and that's how we make the blue Hmm. um and they literally take like leaves and lay them down over the fabric to make the dyes or to make the patterns and stuff so um really cool kind of uh process that you don't see because in the u.s that's like you know probably non-existent and especially in the paintball industry it's like you know, they're not doing it in that way. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, stuff's just made in China and mass produced and sublimated. And, you know, it's just a different thing. Yeah. Um, and he said, let's make these headbands. And I was like, yeah, that's a dumb idea. Um, and then uh, right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, you know, it only take, you know, a couple thousand bucks to get it going. And we'll just see, right. To make some samples and, and, and see how they come out. Like you know what to connect with, reconnect with Oliver. It's it's worth a chance. It's you know just just to do it for fun. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, at that point, I I didn't think it was going to become anything. Um, and then we made some headbands, and you know, I put together uh, the logos and the marketing and packaging, and you know, felt like. So you came head- up with that logo. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a bunch of H's that are like um, rotated around. So it's like just an H there, an H there, and then it. It yeah. looks like it's like duplicated a bunch of times, so it's um, uh, looks like a star. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just I, I feel like the headband is one of the few items that a player can wear that gives them their individuality. I mean, you can see it because it's right on your head above your goggles, um, and then you know you have your team jersey, which the whole team has, and then your sponsored equipment, uh, which 
everybody has too. So there's very little that you're able to express yourself with. And a headband is one of those things. Mm. I feel like a lot of people hold their headband sacred. I mean, like certain guys like wear the same headband for their whole career or like, you know, have this special one that they wear for the finals or like, you know, I've got, um, you know, some uh, old ass ones here that, you know, I, I, I mean, these are ones that, you know, I wore like Ooh. back in, back in like, you know, I mean, that's not even the vinyl press. I just, I, I recolored it on there with Sharpie. Um, that's sweet. So, yeah. So like, you know, that, that's like, you know, a headband that's like got, this has life in it, you know, it's like been worn hundreds of times. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like that product should be cared for in that way. So that's why we, you know, did the nice packaging, a little bag to carry it in, you know, um, it, it, it's kind of like people are like, Oh, we don't want to hand wash it. You don't have to, I mean, you can wash it in the washing machine, but the colors will fade out. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was washing mine and I was like, you know, this is kind of an interesting moment where I'm sitting here reflecting on, on the day instead of looking at my phone. Um, and I'm like, it's kind of almost like a meditation in a way, cleaning mm. your paintball stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, made some headbands, gave a couple out and, you know, one of the ones I gave, this is actually a funny story at world cup, right before world cup last year, we got our first batch of headbands and I wasn't going to world cup, but I went to watch our team practice impact at capital edge. And I had, um, a couple of headbands and I gave them to some of the guys and I went over to Kyle Spica and I was like, Hey man, you want this headband? It's this new thing Oliver and I are, are doing. And, uh, he grabbed it and he said, yeah, I'll take it. And I said, are you going to wear it? And we had, he, he had it in one, in one, in his end, I had it in my hand. I said, are you going to wear it? And he's like, no, I have my own thing that I always wear. And I was like, well, no, then you can't have it. So then I, 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 I grabbed it and I was like, Hey Ryan, do you want this headband? He's like, sure. And I gave it to Ryan and he wore it and got uh, MVP and golden barrel. And people were like, dude, what's that headband? So like <laughs> you know, kind of like a weird way that, you know, we got put on the map and, and thanks to Ryan because, um, you know, he made it look great. And, uh, and, uh, we, we, we could prove that it had some magic. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we made more headbands and people liked them and, you know, it's kind of just, uh, snowballed from there. But again, it's just Oliver and I, so it's not, mm -hmm. we have a staff of people and we're not really trying to grow in that way. We're just doing it how we do it, keeping it small, doing it in an artistic, you know, fun way, do different things that are unique to, to our brand and, um, and just, uh, and, and go with it. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell, I think, uh, going back to something you said in the beginning, where you're like kind of the cleaning of your gear and everything and that kind of med meditative state that you're in while you go like I'll do that sometimes without it with my gear being like clean I'll just I'll kind of go through it dude I have a certain way that I fold my goggle uh, cloth and everything that even when it goes into my pocket during I during play I was uh, that okay so this is an idea that I was gonna uh, try to give someone and if you want to take it is Everybody always looks for a goggle wipe, right? And like, I, I like just having one on me. I don't know if you carry one, but I like having one on me. Uh, just because if like, I'm one of those players where like, if a little speck or something like that happens on the goggle and I can't get it off, yeah. it's like, that speck, I see you. And um, <laughs> so I always just want to have those like clean goggles, but some kind of waterproof cased, like little case that goes in your pocket or something that you can store your fucking goggle wipe in so it doesn't get all sweaty, nasty. That's, I mean, that's a stupid idea, but, um, no, no, I like it. I like it. But, uh, going to the, to the headbands, I got off track for a second. Um, 
to the headbands, what I what I see is something that um, isn't like you said. It, it's not mass produced. I think that's what kind of is the collective like attraction to it as well. Is that there's that that handmade like comes from knowing where it comes from, knowing it has a meaning behind it, knowing that there's there's two guys behind it that are that have a status in the sport and a, a thought process and a, a, a relationship with the sport that nobody else really has. And I think that's what makes those headbands also so attractive for a lot of people. And I hope, I really hope that people are looking at it in that way rather than people trying to like buy them and sell them or like find value, like monetary value in it when there's so much more if you really make it your own when you know it comes from a good place. Does, does that make yeah. any sense? Totally. And people are going to do that and we can't control that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're going to keep our prices where they are. Um, and you know, we're not going to like try to capitalize on like the hot commodity item. We're just, I mean, ultimately it's a headband, right? right. Like, yeah, right. you know, I, I mean, it's a piece of fabric <laughs> that you wrap around your head. Um, it's, it's, um, it's not technology. Uh, yeah. so, so, I mean, and it, and it does have, I mean, a meaning for people, right? Like it, you might have a relationship with, with Micah McLaughlin and we just na named one after him and, you know, mm -hmm. we give one to Micah and then there's only a few more left that we sell. We don't make a lot of each one. So you typically there's between like five and 10 of each design. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. There's not that many. I didn't know so, it was that limited. Yeah. No. So we, when we do a release, it's usually like around a hundred headbands. And, but they're all different. It's not a hundred of the same one. It's, it's no, all different. So do you know what you're getting? Like when you no. place an order? Uh, oh yeah, you do. Um, we've done we've done ones where you don't know where you're getting. We do it different ways. That so would like, be sweet, man. If yeah, you, so if like, you're that, like that one you're you're wearing there. Um, we we did those ones, and you didn't know what you were getting. You just bought a headband. Yeah. And then whatever color showed up is the one you're gonna get. I like the idea though. The double sided, you can wear it either way, and. Yeah, so we have we have some more coming out like that, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that works. I mean, I didn't I don't really mind not having the terry cloth on there. Yeah. Sometimes I prefer it that way. Yeah, and you were a beanie guy too, right? Yes, but I wore <laughs> I wore three layers all the time, and it was for a long time. Not, no wonder you had a sweaty <laughs> microfiber. <Yeah. laughs> it, was, it was my my sandana that I had for a while. Um, I don't know why I call it sandana. It was a head wrap because it was wasn't a sandana. It was a head wrap, um, but it looked like a sandana. And then I had another headband that went over that, and then I had my um, my beanie that went over that. So yeah. it was like, yeah, it feels weird trying to do anything else. Like, like I, I, I wanted, I was thinking about maybe doing like a spider web haircut and uh, to take to ICC, but I don't, I don't know. Bring, bring it back. <laughs> I, I have that. I'll send you the picture. <laughs> Did you do that? Yeah. Let me, uh, I'll, I'll look it up for you, but um, I'll, I'll send it to you after the call. Oh, I remember. I remember that. That was, you guys won an event with that. What's he that? Shaved it in. He shaved it in with like a, a razor blade. Oh, John Almera, like, cause you know, he was like, I don't know if he was in gangs and stuff, but like, he knew how to like, you know, do these wild haircuts. I was like, damn, dude, it was like a punk rocker, I think. So was it your idea or did you start shaving your head while you're sleeping? No, it was his idea. I think he's like, dude, I could do a sweet spider web in here. Cause I had a mohawk or something. Yeah. And he's like, I could do a sweet spider web. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but you guys ended up winning, um, an event with that haircut though. Yeah, we did. I think it was like maybe 2004 or something. All I, I know because it was in the picture. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think it was so a seven-man event. It was, yeah, Huntington Beach. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. 
That's right. I don't know why I've. I was playing with Tim and Effect at the time. That was. That was a that was a fun one too, two thousand four. Because wasn't it two thousand three where it was sand? Uh, yeah, I think that was the first one. So Dude, how shit was that? Was sand? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh that was interesting, and it would get in your guns, and they had like the air blower to get at the at the uh, flag station to get it out, oh. or at the uh, air, at the air station to get the sand out, and yeah, you're just twisting your knee on every step. I'm and being a gun manufacturer yourself now, like. Can you imagine all the people that would yeah. be coming back with just like all of their all their bolts are just grinding sand through like every ball in the Yeah, we we design our guns now to like uh you know we 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 think that we're going to be at Huntington Beach. All right, here we go. How can I message this to you? Uh you can just I think you have my uh my phone number. All right. Can you put it up there? On uh, on the screen, yeah. I'm a very simple operation. Um, okay. I'll text it to you. After. <laughs> right. I have uh, I don't have any kind of boards or anything like that, so it's literally going through uh, Skype and just recording that. And see, there's a lot of fancy podcasts out there, Alex. This is a very just down to earth. I light incense. You like me, dude. I'm horrible with technology. I'm I'm not. Uh... But you have a nice mic there. I mean. You got it. You got a professional-looking setup. Fifty-dollar mic, and wow, it, it's and I love. Do I bought two of them, and I, I love them, dude. They they do such a good job. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Greenspan to 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 spruce up the quality of his show, man. Only fifty bucks. He does. He absolutely does. And this is a USB mic too, and it it's a super simple. Like it has good distance. Um, so when when him and Spicker are like spitting all over the the laptop, it'll pick everything up and it'll like it'll be right there. And it's you know what's tough too about this not tough, but like what I think I enjoy that's different than the other ones is that I do it by myself. So uh, it, yeah, that that that's that is a thing, right? You you don't have a counterpart to like to to lean on when you're you know my counterpart's the guest. So it's like I, I I'm leaning on you as much as you're leaning on me. And to not be able to have, not saying that nothing against any of those other podcasts at all. Like I love the format. I love how they're doing. Yeah, everything. They're, they're all, uh, I mean, those guys are my teammates, but those, all of their media is pretty horrible. <laughs> they know what they're doing, man. They all copied you, dude. You were the, you were the trailblazer. Nah, I was the, I was the second or maybe, I don't know. I was a, a, the first pro I think to do it, yeah. but I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say anything like I'm, like I, I like everybody. I'm more podcasts out, the better, the more content, you know, like we've been fucking saying this entire time. One thing that I do, uh, I, I'm glad all of these recorded though, are some of the shit that I've said over the years that like people are now like, you know, what would be cool is if this and this and this. And I was like, dude, I've been saying that since yeah, go back to episode 65, go to, do go to 42. Yeah, <laughs> but and, um, yeah, you're like the Simpsons. Like, yeah, Carl thought of that already. <laughs> I did it. Carl did it. Uh, no, it's it's great, man. I I'm surprised you haven't uh, have like the Hormesis channel or like a Hormesis podcast or something where so you and actually, all... we're working on something now. It's not a podcast, um, and it's not a show. It's kind of like um. So I think I don't know. I think it's on Oliver's YouTube maybe now. The first the first one mm -hmm. uh, that he recorded, 
And uh, I'd actually like you to do one too. Um, it's called Reviving the Legends. And basically what it is, is it's just one person talking about a move or, or a uh, experience they had witnessing another paintball player that impacted them. So like Oliver's was about Billy Wing, right? He was a legend that Oliver revived and he goes into detail about, you know, the move Billy made and what mm. it taught him. And, uh, and that's kind of the, that's the concept. So I have one too. I'm, I'm going to record it. Um, mine's about Daryl Trent uh, in Boston of 1999. Yeah. He was playing on, uh, on all Americans and playing against out of control Oliver's team. And I was on the diggers at the time we were, I was watching from this hill and here comes Daryl through the middle of the field and he stumbles before he bunkers this guy and his goggles go flying off, right? Oh, and instead of going like this, and I mean, he's like right in the middle of the field, like the center 50. Yeah. Instead of going like this, like everybody else in the world would do, <laughs> he, he spins around and he falls down, right, on his butt, yeah. and he goes like this. <laughs> he just looks through his fingers and just starts, just starts blazing, right? It was amazing. Different right? time, and, dude. Well, yeah, different time, but also I was like, man, like that's what it takes like at the top level like we we're still playing amateur yeah was, damn like these guys are willing to like because that was a thing like at mare island where we grew up like safety was like a big thing it was like you know all, all, all they you know drill it in barrel plug and and yeah. you know blind man if your goggles are off and all this stuff um and i just saw that get thrown out the window <laughs> to win you know to maybe shoot a guy uh when like, something's wow. on the line yeah so you know and, and obviously when i tell it there's a lot more detail, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting look at the individual's experience. And at the same time, it memorializes somebody like Daryl, who is now like not forgotten about, but you know, wasn't part of the media age of paintball, mm-hmm. um, but was important. Right. Uh, we're not like baseball where, you know, it's documented back into like the 1900s, you know, yeah. early 1900s. Um, we're, we're, we just started uh, documenting documenting it ourselves, like within the industry, only in the past like 15 years, with mm-hmm. uh, on video at least. I mean, there's photos and stuff going back to, you know, maybe the nine early 90s. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, I, I just I feel like there's guys that impacted you know our careers in a way uh, that that should be, uh, you know, recognized. Not only recognized, but 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 memorialized on some type of media yeah uh, and that's one of the things with the headbands too like that's why we name them after these guys is because you know we're acknowledging that you were there mm-hmm. and uh, and you and you did it and you met something um and that's uh you know how i want to be remembered too yeah um and i remember messaging you about it because i've been i was seeing all these other guys um get these headbands and the things that you would write and I literally just wanted to write to you to let you know like how how much that even meant to me because there was there was appreciation amongst peers and and because of like knowing the dedication the blood the sweat the tears the losses the wins we all went through the same shit you know it was just you know a little different here and there but um that it really touched me even though those guys were getting the the stuff I could feel the emotion and that like how and what you guys were doing i was just so thankful for because it was this the best players in the world acknowledging um everybody else's dedication to at the same time you know yeah and i mean we 
you know, we wouldn't exist without that community. Yeah. And really, that's, that's what ultimately paintball has brought me personally in my life. And I know a lot of other people. I mean, all of my friends, my close friends are paintball people. Yeah. And I know that if I'm in your hood, I could be like, yo, Carl, I'm down the street. You know, can I crash? And you'll be like, yeah, for sure. Right. And that's the beauty of it. Right. Like, even though we were never on the same team, we were competitors. Mm -hmm. We're part of the community. And really, at the end of the day, the stakes were never high enough and they're not high enough now to lose any type of friendship over, you know, you know, wiping a hit or changing teams or competing against each other, any of that stuff, you know, because ultimately all these guys come from different or all these people come from different walks of, of life. You know, everyone does different things. You got doctors, you got construction workers, you got, you know, farmers, you got people from every type of thing, but they all, you know, meet together at the paintball field on the weekend and share that, that common thread, which is really beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. Johnny Perchik, I use him as an example because me and Johnny, we would like, we're just complete opposites basically in our life. Like he's like the high school football hero, like super jock. I'm like a nerdy, like introvert artist kind of guy. Like, you know, we just would never have met even if we were sitting next to each other in class, we just yeah. wouldn't have been friends. And, and, you know, we met at the paintball field and started hanging out and the guy's like one of my best friends ever. I love him, you know? So, yeah, you know, just that type of thing that paintball cultivates is, that's the magic of it. Yeah, what is Johnny's story? Because I feel like he was he was one, another big personality amongst big personalities on the team. And I remember he was kind of like uh, one of those names whenever somebody said, you know, started naming off people uh, on Dynasty, he was, he was up there. It was just like a name that, he was a good player, don't get me wrong, but his name was like very catchy. Like it was just, yeah, Johnny Perchett. Like it was like very, Attentive. Yeah, so, so Johnny and Dave Baines and this other guy Nathan were on this three-man team called Agent Orange, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Dynasty had started yet. No, we hadn't started Dynasty yet. We were, but there was a there was a field that Eric Crandall owned called Fairgrounds Paintball, and those guys we hosted a three-man tournament. The Iron Kids did to like raise money to go to a, an event or something. Yeah, and um, they played and they won. Dave, Johnny, and this guy Nate, and obviously those three guys. Um, the two of them became pro guys and Nate became like one of our best friends. Uh, but yeah, Johnny came out of that team. And when we started dynasty, we're like, Hey, there's this kid, uh, Johnny from, uh, fairgrounds. And you know, he's like, he's young. He's, he's like got it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so we, we gave him a shot and, you know, he became like one of our buds and the rest is history, you know, became a great player and, you know, one of the rocks of the team for a long time until he left to follow Oliver the Ironman and then came back again. Oh, that's um, right. But it's, but it's the same thing with him. You know, he had two kids and he's, you know, he didn't, he didn't have the, he didn't have the time and the, and the focus and the energy to give. Like, I mean, he, I, I played these, uh, I, these woods ball tournaments with him recently and he's still really good. Yeah. He just, he knows that he doesn't have, the commitment level to uh to give yeah. and i appreciate that right or 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 he doesn't want to you know he would mm-hmm. rather spend time with his family which i completely appreciate like when i'm at the tournament now i'm like shit should i be at home with my family like that's not a good thought to have when you're like trying to focus on winning a tournament right yeah, um so. but it's but it's common especially now you know from for where you are in just your career in your your life in general it's like it's super common because you know that time is valuable yeah and it's interesting because like i can now relate to those guys that were in my shoes when when we were coming up Mm -hmm. 
right? Like Davey Williamson and guys like that. They were having starting to have families, but they were still relevant as players. Yeah. And they had to basically decide, you know, what they were going to do with their life. Um, and it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange thing because you don't want to lose that because that's your, I mean, like we were talking about, that's you know our identity. Yeah. As a pro baseball player, and it's like this secret club, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and I always one thing that is that didn't ever come to fruition that I thought it was actually going to happen was uh, working within the industry. I thought I would be able to figure out a way to to work in the industry and be close enough to the game in that way to still like provide some kind of a, a good in yeah. a way, um, which I'm, which is to say you know isn't impossible to happen. But um, I always thought that was going to happen, though. Was, yeah, was and fun. I mean, that, honestly, that depends on your, like, relationships and your geographic location. and Exactly. All that stuff. And also, a lot of those guys that end up taking a career path in the paintball business don't play anymore, right? Yeah. So, like, they, I know those companies don't want you to play. Mm-hmm. Like, if you become, if you, become uh, you know, an important salesperson or, or whatever for, for die, I mean, they don't want you playing. They want you working. Yeah. Because that type of commitment playing takes away from your, from your, um, you know, mm-hmm. your, your work ethic. So not to bring up shit memories, but when Oliver left to play for the Ironmen, was, was he bought as a player or was he bought as a player slash ambassador? Or I don't know what he would call it. Like, or I mean, I don't know what it said in his contract, but they, I know they wanted him to be like the poster boy of the team. And there's okay. something really interesting about that, that deal. So we were talking to uh, Die Dynasty was to sponsor the whole team, right? Oh, really? And that in the number to sponsor the whole team was less than the individual number they offered Oliver. So they didn't want to sponsor the team. They wanted that deal to not work, so they could say to Oliver, "Hey, we tried to sponsor the team, and you know they're not they're not wanting to do a deal with us, even though the you know the Die deal wasn't." even close to what we were getting from JT at the time. Right. I was like, and, and we had, I had a meeting, me and Ryan, I think Yoch was there too, we're in Malaysia, and Dave, who we went up to Dave Youngblood's room, and he's like, and this is in like 2004, and, uh, and or 2005, and Dave's like, how much, how much gas do you guys have left in the tank? Right? <laughs> like, he thought it was over, right? Like, you know? But, Excuse me. And I was like, look, man, we're not gonna let you down. Just pay us the number we want, yeah. so we can run the team, and, <clears throat> Uh, and we'll do a good job for you. And uh, but he didn't want that. Ultimately, I think he just wanted Oliver uh, to be an Iron Man. And um, you know, really? Oliver, Oliver had a soft spot there because from the beginning he wanted to be an, on the Iron Man. He was. I mean, he was on the Iron Man before he came to Dynasty. Sure. He, he went pro with the Iron Man, and that was a dream of his. And he really looked up to a lot of those guys. And I feel like, um, you know, he had to prove to himself. That, you know he could go over there and win which he ended up doing yeah um, but the sad part about that is to me is the manipulation that happened and also the um, and also the uh, unknowing how far we could have gone the next five years mm-hmm. with Oliver um, I, I feel like you know our, you know our team got crippled I mean he's number one a great player right but the most important thing about him isn't his ability on the field it's his ability to make the guys on the team believe in themselves. Yes. Like he can make the team better. There's certain guys out there that, you know, 
can come on the team and play really well, and there's certain guys on there out there that can go and like literally make the guys on the team believe, even if they're not good guys. I mean, he went over to the, the Bullets in Hungary, and those guys, I mean, they're a bunch of schmucks basically, you know. And it's like, you know, here's how you do it. I yeah. believe in you. You know, I got your back. You got my back. And those guys end up doing really well. Hmm. Um, and and then and then you become a good player. And you and he knew he understood that you had to give those guys a chance to get in there. You know, a guy that. You know, I use this example all the time. Like we did this team or this mashup team with Impact one year over in Europe. Where it was like Dynasty and Impact together. And every time the nose met the grindstone in a match, like if it was close, it was at the end. Bart would sit Zane. He'd be like, "Okay, Zane, you're sitting," you know, and and you know, let the big boys go take care of this point, mm-hmm. right? And I took Bart aside. I said, "Look, man, Zane has a potential, but he's never gonna. Number one, his confidence is gonna be shot if you don't believe in him. And number two, he's never gonna." he's never going to get better if you don't give him the chance to go out there and either fail or succeed. Right. So we said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're making a rotation. We're sticking to it. I don't care if it's overtime. I don't care if it's the first point in the match against the worst team. We're sticking to the rotation through the end of the tournament. And we did that. And Zane got in there. And like, that was, I feel like a turning point for him. Um, and that was, uh, you know, that's kind of like, you know, the, I think the, the way Oliver looks at it. And I've seen this happen where, you know, teams feel like they need a hired gun to come in and, and like save their team. Mm-hmm. You know, we need Lasoya to come <clears throat> and be on our team. Yeah. That's not the way to think of it. The way to think of it is, you know, take the guys you have and get them reps and believe in them and, and let them play to their strengths and you're going to be okay. Just like DMG right now. They basically lost their whole team. And their team's actually better now than it was then, in my opinion. True. Because they have a tighter group of guys that believe in them. You know, they believe in themselves. They're doing it their way. And they understand that they have to grow together mm-hmm. and they're not too hard on themselves. You know, their expectations aren't, we're going to go, we need to win. You know, their expectations are let's give the other team a hard ass time and let's fight our asses off for each other. Believe you can win. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it too. Mm-hmm. Like I don't go to a tournament thinking I'm going to win. I go to the tournament knowing that I can win. Um, if you know, we play hard and smart and all those things, but yeah, there's, there's a balance there. Yeah. Uh, going back to the beginning with, with, with Oliver, uh, and you, you're talking about how he, his, his value was more on, you know, on the, not on the, in the huddles and on, in the, in the, just in the pit in general and just kind of off, even off the field. Um, and on the field, obviously he had his impact, but if you look at it, he wasn't, he wasn't the most mechanically sound. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't, um, you know, he threw, he had his elbow out there and he, he like, this is, this is my impression of, uh, of Oliver. Exactly. He does, yeah. he does the peekaboo <laughs> like with the loader on the inside. But he was there for the showdown and he knew when to make the move to bust but, it open. You know? Exactly. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't afraid and he could see that moment open up, you know? Mm-hmm. And knowing and, and having the ability to predict what the other play, not even, you're not even predicting what they're going to do. It's like, you just know what they're going to do. You know, the circumstance, you know, the situation and you know where to put your ball. And it's to be able to do that. You don't need, I mean, you need the mechanics and all that stuff, but it all kind of just, it completes itself at, in moments. And, yeah, totally. and I mean, the, honestly, the worst thing about the whole, the whole situation for me was, you know, and I learned a valuable lesson here it was losing Oliver as a friend. Like we didn't talk for like two or three years because you know? of that, because of that, because, transfer. He, because, because of the way he left the team, you know? <clears throat> yeah. 
Um, I mean, literally, we went to a practice and we were practicing the Ironman, the first practice of the year. Yeah. And we all showed up and Oliver said, okay, guys, get together. And he's like, I'm playing with the Ironman today. And we're like, what? Like, you know, and he went over, put on a die jersey and played against us. And that was it. Why do you think so at, from a from a psychological level? Like, why do you think he didn't take it in more of a like pulling you aside, pulling Ryan aside, Yosh, like pulling pulling everyone aside and knowing that it's going to be deeply impactful of what is just going what is going to happen? Why yeah, take that route? I don't know. I mean, I, I just we we're young. He was young. I mean, what you know? I don't know how much guidance he had and and how to deal with that. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I don't even know. I guess I'm not I mean, trying to ask you to answer for him. It's just like. Yeah. Um, it just seems so odd knowing he knew of, he, he knew who he was, you yeah. know? So I don't want to take complete fault like away from him because I feel like I know at that age, like, you know who you are, you know who your brothers are. It's just, it's just so hard to believe in knowing the potential that knowing the potential that you guys had, like, you know, he's going have fucking potential goddamn dynasty. Um, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and that, that was a shame. <clears throat> like, I mean, we were at the top right then, right? Yeah, like that was the best our team I think relatively to the rest of the of the other pro teams the best that it ever was. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I mean, and then you know, we screwed up too the next five years trying to find like a replacement. You know, which mm -hmm. there wasn't a replacement. We should have stuck with our guys and just kept moving forward instead of picking up like you know all these different guys to try to like find a a, a way to fill the void because there actually was no real void. The void right. was thought there was a void. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I still feel that way about our team, you know, like even though we're kind of depleted and we got old guys and, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of it is a cerebral thing. Right. And I struggle with that myself too. Now, like my biggest problem is self-confidence now. Right. Cause I'm not practicing as much right. I'm not in the best shape. I'm, you know, I, I'm not I'm not as young as I was and I'm not as fast as I was and all those things even though I can I, if I throw them out of my head I still play great but when they're sitting in there gnawing at your brain your self-confidence gets screwed up mm -hmm. um, and uh, and your belief in yourself gets screwed up and that's why you know you need a guy like Oliver to come in and, and, and reassure you that you can do it um, even at you know even at at my age, like Ryan, I know probably doesn't have that because he's out there every weekend. He's sharp. Like he's, he's grinding. He's doing a clinic every weekend. He's got his gun in his hand. Like, you know, the guy just is, is totally mechanically ready and he's, and he's sharp. Um, and I can't say that for myself because I just don't have that level of a commitment right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where most of my answers come from when people are asking me like where I'm at or like what I think about playing again and everything, it would be, it wouldn't be that I wouldn't give it my all when, you know, at the tournaments or even at practices. But we know practices are for the bonding. The We know what practices are for. Um, but it's more or less just the time in, like, straight up just, like, being able to dedicate myself and, and know that I'll be in a position to be able to compete against the best in the world and give you guys or anybody out there 110% um, uh, dedication before I even get to the tournament. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a thing. I mean, we're, we're dealing with that right now. And I'm, I mean, a lot of guys deal with that. 
and I'm sure Drew had a lot of a lot of similar things to say about that on his on his, his interview. You should you should um get Johnny on the show. He'd be an inter- he's an interesting guy to talk to, and he, he's got a really good memory. Um, yeah, uh, you know, like I I mean, God, I I can't even remember last weekend. Uh, but uh, <laughs> dude, Johnny, I Johnny's one of these guys that remembers really, and he's a good storyteller. So maybe I wonder if he would remember. So one memory I have of Johnny Perchak is it was a seven-man tournament. I was playing with Avalanche at the time. We played you guys, and I think it was Huntington Beach. And I got into the snake, like like a snake two thing, but they were like segmented out, and they were separated, and I crawled to the back of it. And I could see just the tip of a stand-up, and I knew if I put my shots in a certain spot, he would be standing there. Like I had watched a game, which I feel like is another thing, a sidetrack is, like, uh, is missed, is people actually physically watching the games there. Like, yeah. like is crucial anyway um i digress but going to uh back to that i knew that if i shot there that i would be able to hit him and i when it happened i peeked my head up quick and i saw him like kind of do this thing like walk away and like his his eyes were like super wide (laughs) and he was i knew he was frustrated too because where where did that come from like i knew he was i knew he was saying that but i guarantee you he walked back to the pit and blamed one of us for shooting him (laughs) i just so I knew he was he was just like grumbling in the in probably in the dead box standing up like wondering what happened. So because of that I felt like after the game I had to tell him and I came over and I talked to him and I showed him even if even knowing that like we could play you guys in finals or something like that I just thought it would be he would appreciate it if I showed him like where it was from so he could look for it. like I'm Sure he did. Yeah. yeah. We we call them uh we call them mother goose because he always <laughs> tells stories. Not only stories like of times past, but also stories of like in the game, like, like, like I swear I shot him in the face. Like, yeah, Johnny. <laughs> Mother Goose, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, it's uh, so uh, Hormesis. Uh, to kind of go on that a little bit more, uh, dude, keep going, amazing. The only thing I would actually have to say, as far as a critique, um, which. I don't know if anybody's given you or not, uh, and it's and it's not a critique. It's just like something. I had I put this on one time, and I had uh, stitching come loose on the top, and I just I resewed it myself. But so I would just maybe like look at the stitching. I don't know if anybody else is telling you stuff. I'm just saying this as like somebody who. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're they're all. So I think the issue with that is we have three different grades of fabric, mm-hmm. and that what you're wearing is the most loose. Um, as far as the weave. Okay. So the stitching, uh, when you have a tight weave, then the stitching holds much better. Right. And if it's a loose weave, then the stitching can come loose because it's already loose because right. of the weave. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's an issue. I mean, our headbands aren't really designed to to be the most durable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the stitching obviously shouldn't come out, but, uh, you know, it's a thing that's we accept that it's supposed to wear in and degrade yeah. and you know have these memories like the one i wore in the tournament was this one that is all shredded up because a guy's it was a customer that the, his dog ate it and i was like he posted, posted the picture of it in the forum and i was like dude send it back. i'll send you a new one right that's so sweet. he sent it back and i wore it and i was like you know that's the one that that's the one that oliver's like he saw a picture of me. he's like dude what happened to that headband why are you wearing that and i was like well, this guy's dog ate it and sent it back. And, you know, I like that. It looks sweet, probably, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, I mean, 
well, as far what, as what's as cool as though is I, I stitched it up. Huh? What's that? I'm sorry. As far as the durability of the product, that's like not our thing. Right. You know? Sure. It's, it's, we're not saying it's a durable product. Well, and I'm not. I'm not saying that it's yeah. like. I'm not saying that it's. I just. I was literally because I just don't want to. I was trying to help <laughs> no, in any. But well, what's cool is that because it ripped, I got to sew it back myself, and now I have <laughs> this go. little connection to it. So Here's it's like. Story. But story. I bet you. I bet you that dog. Uh, that one that was eating my dog looks pretty sweet though. It's it's pretty haggard. I wish I had it. It's in my gear bag though. Um. But. Coin Duel. How did that even did that come about too around the same time as Hormesis? Was that like an afterfact or it was an afterthought? Like I thought of that um, while I was thinking about Hormesis and and what you know what I what was special about what was happening with Hormesis to me and that was the connections that and the acknowledgments between everybody mm-hmm. and then I was out of practice out at um, Camp Pendleton and I was like man. It used to be like, you know, more fun out here. Like now it's like monotonous. We're like doing these practices and bashing our heads into the wall in this field and like yelling at each other and, you know, yeah, shaking hands at the end. But really like that sense of like community that I felt when I very first played out at Mare Island when I was a kid where you went out and you saw all these different people, you know, they were older, younger, whatever. And, um, and everyone got to become friends, right? And, mm-hmm. and when you used to go to these tournaments uh, and the MPPLs and 10-man, you used to play out of your division. So you say you were say you were novice, right? Like the, the things were like novice, amateur, and pro. Mm-hmm. There's three, three uh, levels. If you were novice, you'd play like, I think, like four novice teams, two amateur teams, and two pro teams. Yeah. So you'd get a crack at, at pro teams. Now when you go to the NXL, the pro field is like on one side of the, of the venue and everybody else is on the other side of the venue and you don't even see each other. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's something, especially for the younger players that is important. So I, I, I thought like, okay, how can we bring that like spirit of interaction back? Um, and that's basically the genesis of the idea in that I want people to be interacting with each other. It's not really about like, it really isn't about the coins, right? Like you could just, do it with tally marks if you wanted to. Right. But the point is just like a way to memorialize the. It's a good touch. Yeah. I'm glad you guys didn't do ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, that's basically what it was. So I get I gave gold coins to all the pros because I wanted it to kind of start out within the pros organically. Um, you know, it's it's going okay. Like some pros are are playing and some pros aren't. And um, if if you're a pro and you're listening out there, if you lose your coins, I will give you more coins. Like. It's not well, I'm not. Like, I'm not getting rid of these. I yeah, will. So, I will so, purchase so what, gold coins before I lose, like. If you lose those coins, I have a, a a big bag of black coins. I've got coins for you, dude. Like, I, I mean, if you lose, go play. I've got coins for you. That's okay. what it's about, right? Uh, Don't worry. All right. I'll send. I'll send them to you tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> come on. Like that, you know, I I just want the interactions to happen. Yeah. It's, it's about like, I I I wasn't like sending them out to be like, okay, these are your coins. Hold on to them forever. You know, yeah. these are your coins. Go try to win somebody else's coin, you know, yeah. Take, accept the challenge, you know, get, be, you know, get, get involved. That's why there's more action happening with the silver coins because they're, you can just buy them for 30 bucks and then go challenge Ryan and, and, uh, win or lose, you know, it's a win for everybody. Yeah. Um, I know Ryan's lost a couple of golds, but he's won like a bunch of silvers too. So that's what I like to see happening. Yeah. And he's met a bunch of people. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely it, it's doing exactly what I think 
you guys thought it was going to do. You know what I mean? And yeah, um, I mean, I didn't really know. I thought it might it might just fizzle out. I wasn't sure, but I, I feel like I, I feel like um, the pro guys, most of them at least, they, they get it right. Yeah. And um, and when when they get challenged, they'll they'll uh, accept it and you know realize it's just it's 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 you gotta you gotta throw the fear of failure out the window because you know how you're going to grow as a player or as a person yeah. if you're if you're afraid of that you're never going to take the risk mm-hmm. and even the top players are like that i mean like mouse and tyler Harmon are both like ah, i don't want to do that because i don't want to put my rep- reputation i'm not i'm not putting my reputation out there mm-hmm. i'm like hey whatever man you know to yourself <laughs> but um yeah but uh, you know it's not about that it's not about your reputation I mean, ultimately, it, it, it can improve your reputation. Like, Ryan lost a coin to some kid, and now that kid is like, oh, my God, Ryan Greenspan, I got to play him, and I beat him. That's awesome. He's my favorite player ever in the world. Like, yeah. I even love him more because he, he shook my hand after with a smile on his face, you know? That's, that's true. That's the key. That's the code right there, you know? Making it magical for another person. And dude, you, you honestly just instantly changed my mind on these because I had I had a connection. These have been sitting on my podcast desk. And I, I look at them as an acknowledgement, like like how you guys were sending the headbands out. That's how I took these was a, an acknowledgement of uh, of peers of uh, you know of, of and well, uh, it, is, it is that too. Yes, but 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 there's more there's more coins. <laughs> there's just, there's yeah. more coins with yeah. just random numbers on it. So it just yeah. Um, but but yeah, dude, you seriously changed my mind on it because thinking about it, it's like these. The, the the thing that would happen, the moment that would happen would mean so much more than the actual physical coin itself. So, uh, and what's cool about the black coins is that even during normal practices, is I would play horse with any of the players that were close to me. Like, if they were just standing around, I would, like, just walk up next to them and just go, pink, and I would be like, okay, now you got to shoot that's that. That's a perfect challenge. That's a perfect <laughs> challenge. I lost a gold coin on that the other day. Oh. Uh, I was did you start it, or did you, were you second no, to shoot? I, I accepted it. So like okay. the guy, the, the guy is this guy Corey who works up at Sack Paintball, a local paintball store, and he comes mm-hmm. to help at Field One on Monday when he doesn't work up there and helps us build guns. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey man, I'll challenge you to a target shooting contest." So we just put a little barrel insert, like you know, 50 feet away. I was like, "All right, the first person to hit it wins." But you know, if you go second, you have a chance to rebuttal, right? Okay. And he, and he well, actually, it, it, it was we did the same challenge a, a week ago, mm-hmm. and I won. <laughs> and then he, the next Monday, he's like, "All right, I'm challenging you again." Oh. Like, so, so, uh, so then um, I got his silver coin the first time, and, and then, um, and then he beat me the second time and, and got my gold. Um, Man, so you so go, you guys hit it hard right away. See, I would play paint. I would yeah. play P A P A I N T. It was in the parking lot. Like we couldn't like shoot. Like oh. we don't we work at a paintball field, so I guess yeah, yeah um, safety was involved in mine. A little so. bit, yeah, a little bit limited. To the, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go to coinduelpaintball.com and check out the scoreboard, mm-hmm. and it shows you who has all the coins, right? I'm I'm uh, still filling out the black coin scoreboard, um, and I actually am working on a really cool page right now that highlights some of the people that you know are in different geographic locations that are willing to accept challenges. Like you got Billy Bernaccia, Henry Sense, uh, you know Ryan Marcello, uh, uh, who else do you have? Keith Brown. Yeah, yeah, Jason Edwards, you know, a lot of a lot of high profile guys that, you know, D's on that are community guys, too. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's uh, that's the thing, right? Like, we, I just want to kind of cultivate 
the connection within the community instead of just thinking of it like, okay, I just want to win paintball tournaments because that's not where the real victory is. I mean, people forget about that stuff. I mean, yeah. I've won so many paintball tournaments and, I, you know, it's, you know, that's, that's not what makes me as a person valuable in the community. Right. Yeah. No, I, so it's, yeah, it's the experience, right? And, and it's, and it's what you bring to the table um, in general, not just, yeah. Not just and, with your physical also, stature and just all athletic ability that you have, you know, it's there's more to you than just athleticism. And and the and the scoreboard, it, it, it memorial the, the physical coin and the scoreboard memorialize the event, right? So yeah. like, you know, when you're a grandpa, you could be like, go check the scoreboard. You know, <laughs> I took Alex's corn at ICC in 2021. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's challenge, dude. Let's 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 have a challenge over there. Bring it. You you can call it. Name it. Okay. All right. As long as it's not a race, I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> dude, I hate yeah. racing, yeah. dude. Yeah. I hate it with a passion. Dude, you know, yeah. you don't know how many times throughout the years that people have come up to me like, hey, man, let's race. Hey, man, let's race. I'm like, I, it's not that I don't have the confidence that I, that I would win because it's just it fucking running. It's whatever. But it's just the, the fact that, I mean, that was one big hurdle that I had to get over when I was young was that uh, when I was a young player coming in was I didn't want to be seen as just like a one trick pony of like just run really fast and get there alive and then you know do whatever just just go there off the break do whatever yeah I, I it really I had to get over that like kind of uh, anxiety that gave me of just thinking that I was only worth I I was like worth 50 50 I wasn't worth it I wasn't worth it enough to like go to a for sure spot like off the break and then work into the game it was yeah, more or less you can't, look at, you can't look at it like that though well i'm saying this is how it, so this was this was my thought process in the beginning the problem is is you want that guy the reason you're that guy is because no one on that on the else on the team can do it and and you that guy can usually play the back center or the corner or the god or wherever you know i mean in some cases yeah they're just picking up a guy who's fast but in a lot in most cases if you look at guys like that on certain teams like those were the best guy on the team like angel was that guy for us right like like Absolutely. angel was angel was you know arguably our best overall player um i would and, agree and he was also the guy we lost off the break the most right so mm -hmm. you know it's it's hard to say I'd, I'd, I'd put you in that same category right like you're the fastest guy you're the best weapon um but does that make you the most expendable no it doesn't but they still treat you like that right Yes, yeah. that's you know what you have to do, and and that that pays dividends later in the tournament. If they if they use you like that, a missile every time, you know, all all Friday, all Saturday, and then you come into Sunday, and people are like, shit, Carl, you know, then you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. That's how I liked I liked playing like that too, and like you were saying, um, how I would love to talk to Angel and kind of pick his brain because him and I played a very similar position. Um, but uh, I don't know if you'll get a quality interview out of him. <laughs> What's uh, what, I mean, what is he even doing nowadays? I don't know. I talked to him a little while ago. We're just, we we're gonna go play golf together, but he's kind of uh, I don't know, conspiracy theory and uh, <laughs> so a little it'll, bit. It'll get deep. He's still, he's still just as lovable though. I mean, he's, yeah, he's you know, still the same old guy. And and he's another guy that I think you know hung it up way too early. Like I I mean I know why he he did because he just wasn't having fun anymore, and I appreciate right. that. And the culture of our team has changed a lot since then. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a shame because I feel like that guy could still pick it up right now and go out and crush it. So what was his? I mean, what was – because he was another guy that I, that I watched. He 
I actually I I liked the aesthetic of you and Oliver, um, but I liked the the sharpness of Angel. And yeah. So it, when those guys were on the team together, they played together. I did, I played on the other side or in the middle. Mm-hmm. It went Angel and Oliver and the Snake, and then BC usually behind them. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's that was your problem, right? Like, if you shot Angel, now you have to deal with Oliver, um, and vice but yeah, versa. But yeah, but the guy was like, I mean, he was a, he was a bullet man, and he was he was a, he was a relentless. He would you know you put people down. He was very uh, mechanically sound too. Uh, when I, yeah. I guess that's relating to the sharpness though, but he had a really slim profile and a really good shot as well. Mm-hmm. And I and 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 just like you, he was a natural athlete, right? Like. Not only was he unafraid, he was also physically gifted. So, you know, he was just way faster than anybody else on the team. And you can't, like, teach that. You just mm-hmm. are fast. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, he was definitely a conversation that I'd love to have um, that I've always thought, I've always wanted to have. Um, but with... Um, we were really too hard on him, like, at the end of his career. Like, we, we really? expected much of him, and we weren't, like, having fun and, you know... It just, yeah, we we had to like rethink like what the what the team was about. Like we we're not taking it too seriously, but just like, you know, the environment just wasn't you know uh, uh, as lighthearted as it should have been. When was that? When he decided to stop playing? God, I don't even remember. Maybe two thousand fifteen or sixteen, somewhere in there. Oh, it was that late? Maybe no, maybe before that. Maybe like fourteen. I don't know. Because I remember when he was uh, shooting, was it? It wasn't the Lux when you guys were shooting the Luxes. It was something else. I, th- I thought, or maybe it was you guys were shooting the Eagles. But it was like the empath, the epith- uh the em- empathy, or it was some goofy. Oh, the, the epiphany. The epiphany. <laughs> the epiphany. Yeah. yeah, I remember he had the epiphany, and we were like, it was in the finals, dude, and it was like ten seconds, and then like in the ten seconds, it was all. He was shooting an ion. Like, yeah, we were, all, we were all just laughing. We were like, "Oh shit, Angel Tiffany!" Yeah, what a dumb man for a gun, too. Oh my god, I bet it was just yeah. like cursed. Yeah, the Tiffany. Yeah, it was basically like it was like a nicer ion. Yeah, never. I don't know. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, the smart part was like somebody's got to shoot the Epiphany. Somebody's got to shoot it, and poor Angel got stuck with it. And short straw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. I want to get back on the coin duel, but you just reminded me of something too. Uh, when you guys were switching from the angels to the shockers, did you guys get a bunch of shit from people? Like, uh, like a big deal, like from fans or anything like that, or or maybe it was no, just. I don't, I don't really remember. I mean, I know Smart Parts was kind of viewed as like the evil empire. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I remember like that type of. That type of and, and really, I felt I felt for the WDP guys because those guys stuck with us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Angel guys, and they were our friends more than like just our sponsors. And we didn't have a contract or anything. We'd like literally show up at the tournament and be like, "Yo, I need guns," and they're like, "Yeah, here, whatever." <laughs> wow, you know, um, that was our deal, right? And then yeah. Smart Parts was like, "Hey, we're gonna pay you real money. We're gonna make you a gun. We're going to give you royalties on the guns we sell." Like they made it real, like in a way that you know, WP wasn't even looking at. And we brought that number to WP to see if they wanted to counter it. And they're like, yeah, forget about it. Yeah. That's why they understood, you know, and we remained friends after that. Um, actually, I was just talking to Jeff Green on Facebook the other day, and I'm still friends with Adam Gardner, who I'll see out at ICC. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
again, that's like another thing about the company is, or Hormesis is, you know, we've seen, or I've seen over the years, these companies just chew each other up in lawsuits and, and, you know, litigious bullshit. And instead of like just increasing the size of the pie, they try to just cut up the pie in more slices, mm-hmm. you know, and so much has been wasted on just trying to like beat the other guy. Right. Like even when paintball was on TV, smart parts was like, we're going to make it our show. You know, it's going to be the smart parts show. You know, right. you know the, the guy who's in charge Richmond needs control of it. Right. It's not about, you know, they're not looking at, you know, just do something, even though it might benefit your competitor. Now, even when JT sponsored us, right there, we used halos on our guns mm-hmm. and they would, they paid us a significant amount of money to sponsor the team, but wouldn't use us in ads because we weren't using their loader. Like, how does that make any sense at all? It doesn't. <laughs> right no not at all yeah so so you just got to get past that like the petty part of it and just live with okay my competitors are my competitors but they're not necessarily my enemies like you know right. and and i really just it really disgusts me when i go to a clinic or something and you've got like two paintball fields geographically located near each other and like they just hate each other uh-huh. right like if you play at one field then you can't play at the other field because you're like you've taken sides right yeah like I'm sure you've seen this too. Like, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's soft work. It is. And you know, to who cares where you play? I mean, you're, you're, you're growing, you're at least trying to grow the business and everything. And, you know, and thinking about it that way, uh, you know, we're in a business where it's not like head to toe, all one company equipment. I mean, especially back then when people were building their own markers and they had, there were, there were manufacturers for like uh, the different accessories for the paintball guns and, the tanks were, you know, so to, to have, to not put you guys in ads is like stepping on your own foot, trying to raise, a, raise, uh, push you guys, um, as a team for that. It's yeah. like, it makes no sense. It's a, flawed, it's a flawed thought process. And that's why die when they sponsor a team, you have to be all die. Yeah. None of the die sponsored teams have like mix and match stuff. It's only die. So, and I think it's for that reason. They don't want to like acknowledge that another company makes anything good or I don't know what it is. They don't want to, you know, do give anybody any sort of free marketing. Maybe um, it's like if the team does, yeah, if the team does good, it's because they're yeah. using all manufacturer X equipment kind of thing, yeah. which is redundant because yeah. there's just so there, it's like, you're not going to win it's, everything. It's not even on the pro paintball level that it, it matters. It's just in that, that business mentality is not good for the industry. No, not at all. I mean, that's it's the whole reason why I see. I always thought about what would happen if, um, you know, Bart and Sarge and, and all the owners of the NXL heard all of this stuff, and we're just like, all right, well, we're done. We just, we're yeah. gonna go, we're gonna do something else. Like then what? We'd be in trouble. I mean, th- those guys. I, I got to take my hat off to them. Like, I mean, they're making it happen. You know, I, I I'm not like in love with all of them, but. Mm-hmm. I will say that the, the the series in the league right now is, you know, from from an infrastructure infrastructure and like refing perspective and organization, it's probably the best it's ever been. Um, and the tournaments are really good. And I will I will uh, I will uh, tip my hat to you know Bart and Tom Cole and these guys that you know are are putting their butts out there to do it um, and giving us a place to play. I mean, the reality is is Bart and Sarge basically pay for the NXL to happen. And they pay for their teams to happen. And like, I mean, 
those dudes are cash out of pocket. Yeah. You know, I, I know, I know, I know that they're, they're probably doing fine now, but I mean, you know, overall, I, I mean, I, I bet they're still upside down. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Um, especially in the beginning. I mean, just like anything, you have that, that initial capital that you're hoping is you're actually going to be able to get paid back in at some point in time. Um, but I know if I know if they did come up and they said, you know, whatever, we're not doing it anymore or that something would take its place. But there would be such a big gap in such a, a long period of like trying to figure well, OK, well, what's next? Do we do X-Ball again or do we do something else? Or do you, there would be such a such a giant fucking yeah, void. You have to relearn how to do it all over again. Everything. Like all, the, all the same mistakes. And I mean, we've been around long enough to know that it's not the format. It's not the size of the field. It's not the venue, you know, it's not the shape of the bunkers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not the layout. It's not any of those things, you know, it's what it is, is, you know, the quality of the event, you know, the consistency of the refing and the people involved Yeah. And, and the respect. I mean, right now there's like, I feel like a really good, um, respect between the pro players and the refs, right? Like there's an understanding, like the refs, if they make a bad call, they'll like live up to it. And if a player gets caught cheating or, or playing a gray and gets a penalty, they'll be like, yeah, I deserve that. Like, I mean, I feel like it's at that level now. Really? You know, where before it was just like, fuck that ref, you know, I didn't cheat. You know, like it always, <laughs> always it was defensive, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and now it's just like, you know, even in, in professional sports, like, you know, pro football referees miss a call all the time, you know, and they go back and they watch it in, in, in tape and they critique themselves and they say, you know, okay, I missed that. You know, that's you have to do that to improve. And I feel like Jason Trozen has that down now with these a lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. um, and and they're very, uh, you know, they're very consistent, level-headed, and you know, there's 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 not a lot of bullcrap like out there like there used to be. Well, I think the not that the guy the refs from back in the day didn't take it any less serious, but I, I just think that there's a lot more. Um, from from you saying that, I would have to imagine that there's a lot more of taking their job serious. I think you know what I think is because it's being filmed. I think because it's being filmed, that that puts a little bit more of like a fire possibly underneath their ass. Like, hey, we're being we're being watched and judged too. And if if a bad call happens or if I look stupid, then everybody's gonna see that. And and I want to be I'm going to do my job to the best ability that I can, just like these guys are out here throwing their bodies around. I wanted to be able to do the same. Yeah, I, I feel that. And I, I, yeah, I think there is some accountability. And, you know, now there's a level of consistency and there's a status quo that these guys are following. Right. Like, I feel like at least for the past year or two or even before that, I really believe in most cases, the team that should have won the tournament won the tournament. Yeah. Right. Like I don't look back at it and be like, oh, the refs like, you know, took that one away, you mm -hmm. know, and that's that's what you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love I love seeing the 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 high scoring games, the the low scoring games. They're OK, but it's like I yeah, like that's your, that's your problem, man. That's I like seeing problem. people take risks, though, because yeah, there, there's I know, a... you. I know you want to see it go full <laughs> speed on. That's the way you play it, too. But you need to be able to, you know, accept that you can win two to one against a good team. You know, right. That's, that's, that's the deal. And, and honestly, like those are the games I love. Those are the cerebral games, man. That's the, those are the clock management and the, and the, you know, don't make a mistake and, you know, realizing that that's, you know, the difference between winning and losing is going to mm -hmm. be one, one, one snapshot battle. 
True. Which, which is uh, in the case, the case a lot of times. But I, I'm with you. I want to see a fast-moving match. But actually, if you look back at it, it almost takes the form of like the old 10-man days where it was only one game, but the game it was a story. Right. You know, I mean, 10 on 10 is like, you know, in the woods ball things, like the, the, the game, you know, I know they're, they're a little, I think they're like 12 minutes. They used to be, I feel like they used to be longer than that, but, um, I think, yeah, I think maybe yeah. 20 minutes. I, I know. Like you've got to, <laughs> you've got to be careful and you've got to be there for the showdown, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to, I mean, yeah, you could try to take a big spot off the break and do damage, which is, which is awesome. But like, you know, and you can do that cause you have 10 guys, you can risk right. a couple of um, so it's a real chess match, um, and you know I, I like seeing those uh, those those low scoring close matches because they kind of bring that that feeling back into it. Maybe it's not that I don't like it; it's just it's nerve wracking because it's like well, especially when you're watching it, you're like, oh my god, because yeah. you can only see so much of the field, and you're just like, uh, you might as well just go sit in the pit and just like sit yeah. there and just listen yeah. to what's going on. Uh, but yeah, I, I, dude, just the you know thinking about it, and I, I, I do it all the time, uh, sitting down and just thinking about like different situations and just being in uh, a match again on the field because there was a significant moment in 2018 when I, um, I like stopped for a second, and you kind of you kind of look around and you're like, man, this is like. This is there's a good chance this is the last time that I'm like on a field like this, like in a situation like this, um, with people like this, and it really like it took me to my knees, like it seriously did, and I was, and because it's it's my it was like my character from when I was 16 years old, it was my my being, my my world, and um, a good chunk of it anyway, and uh, it's just now being older, and then now the kids are a little bit older where they're a little bit more independent. Um, and, uh, I catch myself down here, like going through my stuff and like, kind of like, like just kind of feeling it and everything. And dude, I'll do the nerd thing of like, I'll put on a Jersey and like my headgear and like goggles. And I'll just like, I'll snap shoot down in the basement just like as like a total nerd, but like just keeping almost like keeping my, my rhythm going of everything. You're going to be good still. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and and yeah, I mean, especially COVID, I feel like a lot of people got that taste of, okay, you may never get a chance again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was one of the things that spawned these ideas, right? Is a, was honest appreciation for, and, and I'm, I'm going to admit that I took a lot of it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's... Do you think it's because you won so much? No, I think it's just because it, I, I was... I was jaded to the experience. Like I, I've been to so many tournaments, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that's basically it. You know, I didn't appreciate uh, being there with the people I was there with in that moment. Um, because when it's gone, you're wishing you could go back. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, before in 2018, I've got uh, another paint back to Chicago, back to Orlando, you know, right. it, it's monotonous. Wherein actually that that's not the case. The case is that was my catharsis. Like I could go there and live loud and be myself and play hard and you know live it up with the guys and all of those things that I no longer had. You know, being trapped at home, just working. You know, doing family stuff and you can't. You know, you're you're, you're you lose that right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a 
it's a piece of you. And then when you start looking at the old photos and you watch the old videos and you think about those old times and you know, they're never coming back. Yeah. It's yeah. It's definitely bittersweet for sure. And it's, you live, I, I, you know, as you're describing it, you know, you're living so far in the past. Uh, I'm talking about like, like back then you're living so far in the past almost because you've been in so many situations and you, you've played so much paintball. Okay. We're practicing again. And okay, we're doing this again. And I, that feeling went away when I, when I knew I was playing my last two practices too. Like I got to the field and I was like, man, like it's, I've done this for, this is so weird. If it, it felt so different. Um, and, and I, and you looked at it, you looked at it, like you start kind of like reeling back and going through all the footage in your head and you're like, man, like all these other things that have happened and that possibly could have happened. But now you're like doing this thing that's about to end and you know, it's going to, and, um, it's a weird feeling, man. And it's, it's, uh, it's very surreal. I would have to say. There is a saying that, an, you know, an athlete dies twice. So, you know, you die when your career is over and then you die when you actually die. That makes me feel so much better, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Words of inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. But, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a thing. I didn't make that up. Yeah, no, no, I didn't uh, take offense to that at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you're far from dead, dude. You know, you still, you still have your, you still have your body, you still have your, your faculties. And, and that's the great thing about paintball is that, you know, you don't need to be in top physical shape to be a top level player. Yeah. You just, you need to be, you need to be mechanically sound. You need to basically, you know, it's a cerebral game. You know that. Like mm -hmm. you got to be able to outsmart the guy. And that's what I fall back on now. I'm not, I'm not using like, you know, my before like 2002, 2003, I was like, oh, I'm just going to shoot this guy out. You know, now mm -hmm. I go and I'm like, oh, I got to outsmart this guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to let him shoot at me now because I'm on the Dorito side and we already shot a guy on the snake side. And if I start shooting at my guy on the Dorito side, then he's going to look the other way at our guys on the snake side. And that's where I want to win the game over there. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I got to program that in and figure out the whole picture of, of what's happening on the field before I just engage in a firefight. Yeah. And I, I am completely down with that as long as I'm not sent to a snake. Like, a younger, you know, faster version of, of a player could go in there and do just as much damage. I'll play the middle or I'll play the Doritos or I'll play wherever. But playing this, like, it is tough playing the snake now, man. My knees are definitely not as what they <laughs> used to be as I'm throwing myself into the ground. I know. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't dress up and wear a mustache like Tyler and everything to make you think that, like, uh. you know, to try and, like, invite myself over or anything i just your mustache looks great by the way i mean that's a real thank like, you that's, that's a real blue collar stash right there <laughs> see this is see tyler's wearing the the it seems like the high class california mustache i feel and i wanted to bring the uh just the the dirty i just wrestled a cow he has, a, he has like a millionaire's mustache <laughs> he does yeah. <laughs> He definitely does. It's good though. I'm not knocking on it at all. It's definitely good, but I'm just glad there's different types of mustaches. It's like, you know, different types of ice cream. Everybody has a different flavor and you know, mine tastes like fucking grass and hay and it's <laughs> it's like a broom coming out of my face. Uh, good uh, um So, oh, I wanted to uh talk about a little if you have the time. 
I don't want to be keeping it too oh, much. Yeah. Let's go. Um, field one. I wanted to uh, kind of pick your brain about field one a little bit and see if you guys, uh, do you guys plan on coming out with any new markers or are you guys kind of sticking with this style for the time being or where's you got, where are you guys looking at? Yeah. So, I mean, our, our, our main goal starting with uh, designing a new gun was build something that we wanted to use. So, you know, we built a gun that the team could get behind. So we wanted our number one feature to be like, it be really gentle on, on fragile paint, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you get to the tournament, like that's a lot of the times a difference maker when, when you can shoot the most brittle paint out there. So that was our, our big thrust with the force. And it was our first crack at making our own paintball gun. And, uh, yeah. we did, we did the hard part and made a working gun our first time, which I feel like not everybody does. And, and, you know, if we, if you fail at that and you sell a bunch of them, then you're in trouble. Your company, your company is going to go under because, you know, people will lose faith in your product. Um, but we were, we started out slow, didn't, you know, make a whole bunch of them over in China. We had them parts made here. Yosh and I built every single one of them and, uh, you know, made sure they work here. Uh, pride ourselves in our customer service. If somebody has an issue, they call us, they speak to either me or Yosh or Eric and we deal with it. Um, you know, there's a direct line to us, the people who put the gun together and there's accountability too. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, I'm really happy with, uh, the level of durability and consistency with our first attempt at making a paintball gun and you know one world cup with it last year so you know thing is field tested and, and tournament proven and uh yeah. yes our, our main thrust right now is just with that platform but we do have some other projects in the works but it's it's slow going because you know our main thing is do it right um instead of do it fast so yeah you know, we're, we're building guns slowly as they come in. People want them and people like them. And, um, and, uh, we're going to keep going with that. I like how the play on words, uh, like how you described, you want it to be soft on paint, but yet you called it the force. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess it's you. better than like the gentle or the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the soft touch, the yeah. soft touch. Although that would be bolt. pretty cool. You could call a bolt something like that, like the soft touch bolt. There you go. Yeah. The yeah, baby hand. Touch. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's I think it's amazing uh, what you guys are doing. And uh, oh, another question uh, for the stuff that you guys possibly I don't know if you'd be able to answer. Well, yeah, you'd be able to answer this. You're fucking the company pretty much uh, with, with the other guys. But is what you guys are coming is what you guys with what you guys are coming out with. Is it pneumatic or is there a different means of propellant? Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it would be pneumatic. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the same as, you know, stuff that you've seen before. I didn't know if it was like groundbreaking, like, uh, no, it's, it's nothing, it's, it's nothing that's like, it's not like, oh, we're shooting paintballs with magnets. Like, no, <laughs> it's not anything like that. It's going to work in the way that, uh, previous paintball guns have, have worked. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, what, uh, Oh, the AccuLock. That's another thing I want to bring up. Um, who and how did the AccuLock uh, come about? So that was actually a, a design that um, somebody had done. Uh, the 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 fun the way that the two uh, the insert and the uh, tip go together mm -hmm. uh, was IP that somebody had thought of before, and we're working with that guy. But the whole the way it locks in and stuff was all that was like our thing, right? So we took his his concept, and I feel like fine-tuned it into a more palatable and um, 
and accessible uh, way of using it. So um, I'm I'm really happy with that uh, that barrel. I mean, uh, I I, uh, I didn't really think that you know we weren't in the barrel thing when we got into this. But mm-hmm. That opportunity came up and and uh, we jumped on it, and I'm I'm actually really happy with the results of it. So you know I think it's um, just as good, if not better, than you know the rest of the interchangeable barrel systems out there. Yeah, I haven't seen one up close, but I've seen pictures, and it just it's, it looks very like coming from a mechanical background and stuff. It looks very interesting how it all interlocks. I'll send you one, dude. And cut, you don't have to do that, man. I don't, I'm not like asking for one. Dude, I know people, man. <laughs> but I um, I it's it's super interesting, like how because the back the insert is actually what screws into the marker, but then the back coat is what connects the tip to the the back and then the back interlocks the insert yeah so like i don't have an insert right here but um i do have a a back so the 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 back um is basically just like a sleeve it doesn't actually it just holds the tip to the to the uh insert which you said the insert actually screws into the gun Mm -hmm. which is interesting because i was playing with the um with snack off the all-americans in a tournament a while ago yeah and uh, in a woods ball tournament and he forgot to put an insert in his freak barrel (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and you know it won't work at all. Yeah. So um, with this, that's impossible. You can't screw this into the gun without the the uh, insert part. So um, it's ingenious. Heck. Yeah. So uh, and, and also um, the insert on a on a freak is floating in the gun. So there's actually or mm-hmm. in the barrel. So there's actually a little seam in between the tip and the back. And ours is is compressed is a compression fit. So like when you screw it together, it actually pushing into the, the back and the tip are, 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 are oh, really? married in a, you know, a, yeah, a way where they're actually, pre- they're, they're, and that's how they align with, with, with a torsion and a friction. So, right. um, yeah. Huh. So it, it's a little different, but I mean, performance wise, it's, uh, it's comparable to, I feel like the best barrels out there and you can switch the size of the, of the bores and it's, it's quick and easy. And another thing cool about it is there's, there's three different positions. So you can line up where your barrels, how your barrel screws in. So like it says Dynasty on the side. Oh. So you can line up so it it reads the right way. So it's like not backwards or upside down. Um, you can uh, you can adjust that by changing the position of the insert in the in the back there. I love the little one. Why I wanted to bring this up is not just the mechanics of actually how it's how it's uh, everything you know communicates with each other, but then also how you guys there was a thought in like the lineup stuff like the little things like the lining up of the the uh, different positions the different bands that you can put on you know it has the dynasty band or i think you guys are just made in a, an excessive barrel um, yeah that that, came out. those came out awesome yeah uh, that has the excessive band on it and I, I think just little things like that i think make it it's like we were talking about hermesis man it's like it's like paintball players like the unique shit just like the coin duel stuff you what you are very good at, I and this this is just me personally. What I feel is like you are you're an artist, right? So you're you're constantly trying to think of things that are uh, based. You're taking a chair but turning it into like a work of art, and I, and I th- I really respect that about you. And obviously, there's a lot more than just you happening around, but you are a very big part of of all of these companies and all of these things happening. And I think uh, I, I really want to give you a good amount of credit for for what's happening. Um, and, and I don't think would be the same if it, you weren't a part of, uh, of all this. Thanks. That means a lot. And, and yeah, I mean, 
um, it's a, it's a team effort, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, everyone's contributing in, in a, in a positive way to, to come up with the best possible product. And that's the way we work on the field too, right? Like we argue, we yell about the game plan, we yell at each other where we can live with, you know, agreeing to disagree and not taking it personally. Yeah. So when Yosh says, nah, that's a stupid idea. Um, I don't want to do the barrel that way. And, and here's why, um, I don't get defensive. I go, huh, maybe he's right. Uh, you know, and I feel like that, that working relationship is nice, but I, I do, I really appreciate the compliment and, um, I do enjoy, uh, bringing that to the table for the guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's awesome, man. And you know, not to go too deep, but even your thoughts and ideas, they're not yours. They're like, because it had to come to you somehow and you just said it or you just drew it or you just painted it. It was like came, you know, it came through you in some, from some other place, you know, as uh. I don't know. I, that's kind of how I think. And, but, totally. And when, when we're drawing something, I'm like, okay, what do you want? You know, what do you want to look like? You know, send me a picture of a car that you want to, you know, make the gun body look like or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, totally. Are you guys having any body changes with the with the force at all? Uh, yeah, we're, we've got a couple of designs in the pipe right now that um, hopefully we'll be able to get out next year um, for same gun but new body. Awesome, man. Um, Dude, thank but for, you. Right, for, for right now, we're, we're going to be sticking with the same design. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, it's a good design, and it works, and it's proven. Um, you know, you guys have uh, have produced with it, and it's nothing short of uh, a top level marker. That oh oh, how about this? Are you guys going to ha- make some kind of a mechanical frame since that's becoming this kind of thing that's happening? So we have a design for it, but I don't. Um... I don't see us putting it out there for a little while, at least because mm-hmm. we just we don't have the bandwidth right now to, to sure. produce it. We just we're doing our best to fill orders of uh, you know force orders because we're you know behind on that anyway. Yeah, so you guys, you guys need someone to hire possibly from the Midwest. Okay, I'm just writing <laughs> a few things down. You never know. You never know. <laughs> I like. Uh, dude, Alex, thank you so much, man. I I, uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm so glad we got to talk about uh, the things that I really uh, felt like we weren't able to talk about before, or things that have happened that we uh, that I've wanted to discuss. And I'm so privileged to be able to share that time with you, and uh, and I can't wait to see you at uh, at ICC, man. Yeah, me too, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, definitely miss seeing your face at the uh, at the big tournaments. D- don't miss uh, getting shot in the face by you. But, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, um, equally. They love e. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, where can people find all of the products? I know you have kind of a list uh, that you're involved with, but where can people find your products and, yeah, so, and uh, follow you? Obviously, um, HK Army, our sponsors, go check those guys out. They know what they're doing when they make gear. Um, and then our companies are Field One Paintball, we make the Forest, Hormesis Paintball, and Coin Duel Paintball. Um, and I'm actually going to be putting some cool literature up on the Coin Duel site in a couple of days here. Um, highlighting some of the players that are kind of the, the ambassadors. So keep your eye on that. And um, yeah, appreciate the uh, the time, Carl. And um, keep keep killing it. You were the uh, the paintball podcast uh, pioneer. And uh, <laughs> we're all trying to be like you now. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And uh, please be safe and we'll see you soon. All good. Later, bud. Later. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Alex. Much appreciated, sir. My hat tips to you, and I am uh, forever a fan. I really am, dude. 
Uh, it was uh, it was really great talking with you, and I will see you soon. All right, thank you to our sponsors. Quick, 10bps.com. You can find all of your uh, all the information that I can't explain well enough uh, with words. You can go over to 10bps.com and check it out. It's all written out there on exactly what it is and how it all works. And remember, if you use the promo code TPOP, you will get a $15 first aid rental on certain markers. And uh, you can try it out, and you can sign up to possibly be a host in the future. Uh, we are also brought to you by the uh, Midwest Clothing. Guys, if you go to MidwestClothingLLC.com, you will see all of the gear and the goodies that are available. Uh, right now, they have some pretty sweet beanies that are on sale for like $9.95. Sweet gear, man. I actually going to hit that up, hit, hit them up because uh, those beanies are actually rad and I need a new beanie. So, um, make sure you hit them up. They have uh, all kinds of stuff from casual wear to playing wear. And uh, you can get it first at MidwestClothingLLC.com. We are brought to you by also, <laughs> brought to you by also, also brought to you by uh, Melavio. Guys, CBD is the way to be and I'm telling you. Melavio is where it's at. From gummies, tinctures, and salves, they have everything you need, uh, particularly the salves, what I use from experience, what I use the most, the salves and the flower. So make sure you hit them up and use the promo code TPOP, capital TPOP. You get 15% off your entire order. And uh, also by Charm City Paintball. Uh, Mike Thompson, always cooking up the hot goodness, the hot, the hot head wraps, the hot head bands, and... Uh, just amazing gear that uh, that lasts for a very very long time and uh, just look great overall uh, give him a shout that's Charm City Paintball Whoo-wee. thank you everyone for listening and sticking around much appreciated um, I uh, I know I thank everybody at the end of all the podcasts but uh, it's it's a way for me to kind of let everybody know how much uh, just this whole thing means um, and being able to get things off my chest whether it be ideas or emotions or just uh, to be a platform for the sport itself I mean which is mostly what it is but we all know that this podcast kind of goes in multiple directions so I'm very uh fortunate for the uh, supporters and I thank you all very much it's uh, greatly appreciated and means a lot when you guys click and you listen to my voice for hour and a half two hours and uh, just babbling on so thank you everyone please be careful out there do not text and drive listen to podcasts like this one and we'll see you again here soon on the playing on podcast peace